0: Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Eccentric, the makers of the K-Box and the new K-Pulley. Guys, flywheel training's really grown in popularity of late, and although it's something that's been around for a while, the simple reason that it's grown in popularity is because it works. We've been lucky to have a K box in our weight room for the past three years, and we've seen some really great things when it comes to improving the athlete's ability to change direction, and then looking at our return-to-play protocols with different lower body injuries with the student-athletes. The love-hate relationship that everyone has with the K-Box is now just going to grow more with the addition of the k pulley. The ability to do standing presses, pulls, rip-throughs, and knee drive exercises is just going to be another arsenal to our training and another addition to the love-hate relationship that our student-athletes have with the awesome tools that come from Eccentric. Go ahead and hop over to Eccentric.com today to check out what they have. Guys, I can't recommend it enough, and I guarantee you won't be disappointed not just with the products, but with the awesome customer service that Eccentric provides. Hey everybody, if you enjoy the podcast and the content that it provides, make sure you hop over and check out the all-new Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is a combination of the CVA SPS community and the Rugby Strength Coach community, bringing you what is sure to be the internet's leading resource for continuing education for strength and conditioning professionals. Combining these two resources has allowed us to bring some of the best content from some of the best minds in the world together for your one-stop shop to better improve the continuing education for not just yourself, but your entire staff. Bringing together all of the lectures from the Rugby Strength Coach community, along with the lectures exclusively done for the Central Virginia Sport Performance community, and all the lectures performed at the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar, make this an absolute must for performance coaches around the world. The world-class lectures at the Strength Coach Network are not all that you'll see as well. The discussion in the forums and the support and the career guidance from some of the top practitioners in the world, from people all over the world, makes this an absolute must and a great place for you to network, learn, and grow as a performance professional. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com and use the code CVASPS, that's C-V-A-S-P-S, to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. We're sure you're gonna find great value in the Strength Coach Network and are really excited to have you involved. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com and use the code Cvasps to check it out today. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, I have the absolute pleasure of sitting down and talking with Newtown Jets strength and conditioning coach, Graham Morris. Graham and I are gonna sit down and, and get right into it, guys, and talk about training, what Graham's philosophy is, how he's developed over the years as a strength and conditioning coach, uh, the impact other coaches have on him, and even gets into a, a pretty significant breakdown of the eight-week preseason that he used with his players and how that progression went through. Uh, we finish off talking about some of the Bosch methods and uh, you know how he sees it, where he implements it, and kind of the pros and cons that he sees with the whole thing. This is really an awesome talk, guys. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Grammy! So hey. awesome we could finally get you on the show, brother. Stoked to have you.
1: Yeah, mate. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. It's been, so, it's been a
0: while. No, I know, right? What, it's been like three weeks?
1: Yeah, before, yeah, four maybe. Oh, wow. It's been that long? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well,
0: hey, man, for the, uh, the, the people out here that didn't make the trip down here in July and didn't get to meet you... Uh, Give it a <laughs> intro. Let them know who, who Graham Morris is. Uh,
1: yeah, Graham. Uh, currently, I'm the strength and conditioning coach of the Newtown Jets Rugby League Club, which is uh, essentially it's uh, one division from the very top, so reserve grade NRL. And uh, we are in amongst our finals right now. So I've been here five seasons. Um, and on and on the side, I just, just train general population and stuff and do some online stuff and things like that. But... Yeah, we're in amongst our finals, we just lost our first one on the weekend, um, but we got a second chance, so we had a few dodgy calls go against us, but, you know, we regroup this week and we'll give it another crack.
0: You know, the one thing that I've always said, man, is like, referees are just awful people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't say that, just in case we get dodgy calls this week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you're doing some awesome stuff, you know, over there, so... Let's talk about what you're doing with the Jets and and kind of the the program that you've built and kind of kind of its its beginnings and, and middles and how you've gotten to where you are with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I first started out, I guess I was very uh, um, strength based, um, um, and I was just doing a lot of you know power lifts and a lot of I guess um, jump variations and that to get our power. But over over the period of time, I've kind of I've, I've changed my the way I see things, and in, in terms of the weight room stuff at the moment, I see we're trying to get either force production, force absorption, um, trying to prevent injuries. Uh, we're trying to get transfer to training, uh, and we're trying to get strong in a variety of movements and patterns that um, which make us more rigid and robust in the field. I love yeah. it. Yeah, um, and I guess my guys, typically in rugby league, it's, we got like a twenty-two, three a week season plus finals. Um, and then we might have like a 12-week preseason. So our off-season is really short, man. We only have like six to eight weeks for an off-season. Um, massive off-season, right?
0: Uh, yeah. American football has a massive off-season. Uh, basketball, yeah. you could debate, never really has a true one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, I guess because because of that, because of um, the in-season is such a large period of time, I think in the off-season we've got to try and chase things that are going to prevent us from getting injured and um, we've got to really go attack that, that, that pre-season. So um, it's quite funny, like, uh, after I read your manual the season, um, manual number three, I read it on the plane on the way home oh. after the seminar. Um, and that, that chapter that Jim Snyder did, I, was, I remember I was messaging you, was really similar to something we did um this pre-season where I was doing some long, we started off with some long duration isometrics to begin with, and then um, for about three weeks, and then um, combined with our traditional lifting, um, just to really try and, I guess, get some tissue quality back, and strengthen the ligaments, um, tendons, and uh, from there we kind of went into a a modified triphasic approach, which I've been running the triphasic approach for probably about four seasons. Um, And my guys are typically, Guys that have a big base of strength already, so I think that fits in well. Like um, they've got a big base of strength. They've been in the gym for a number of years. Most of them are 20 years plus, wow. so they've got some they got some years under their belt. So, and, um, yeah, so that's what we started off with this year. Really similar to that. It was just weird when I was reading that. I was like, I don't do it exactly like that, but yes, yeah, some of the it was funny how that, I started going down that route. Yeah,
0: I um, love it. I love it. But, yeah. you know, you touched upon something that I think would be a good rabbit hole to run down. And it's one, you know, we were talking with Jake about it uh, a couple weeks yeah. ago on an IG Live where he was talking about transfer training with Bondarchu. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, and you were just talking, you brought up things that, you know, the things that matter when they come to transfer training. Like, what yeah. are some things that you've seen with your five years down there that have, have been really aha moments when it comes to things that have shown up with how the guys have been playing in, in matches?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, I had to have a six-hour commute with Jake from, from Jeff's place in Pittsburgh to you. And all oh, the conversations I had with him was just blowing my mind. So yeah. <laughs> that was some of the best conversations that I've ever had. Um, but one thing I've, I've come to realization over the last few seasons is that the, the, the best athlete is really the best athlete in, in the weights room. Um, and I guess just keeping guys on the pitch and being able to I guess absorb forces on the pitch um, and allowing them to just do the actual specific training and play games is probably our number one attribute we can do as a strength coach um, that's the, I think that's the number one thing I've, I've realised when I first come in I thought yeah Jim this, yes, gym that we're going to turn these guys into monsters but you know we can try and do that but the main thing is we've got to do is make sure we're not taking away um, energy from guys being able to to perform on the field because that's the most specific thing that's going to increase transfer um, to your competition exercise.
0: 100%. Yeah. So let's get into that that ride down. So what were some things too uh, that you guys were talking about when it came to, you know, how you're putting things together, how you're identifying exercises, and what are some things that you're doing down there to, to help with that?
1: In regards to injury or regards to, like, transfer?
0: In regards to transfer.
1: Uh, well, we always, always use the, obviously, the, the Bondachuk classifications and I look at Verka uh, dynamic correspondence. And um, I try and break down, kind of like Kia does, I look at what the key movements are on, on the field. Um, and obviously, in rugby league, there's a lot of different movements happening, but I, I break it down into linear speed, multidirectional speed, um, and then contact and contact could be either, um, I guess, with the ball, trying to get your post-contact meters. So after you, you hit a player, you're, tr- you're trying to get that leg drive. Or it could be you, you're a defender and you're trying to win the tackle and, and then dominate them and put them on their back. So they're the attributes I look at. Um, and then I also look at it from a positional point of view is what adaptations and, um, I guess, movements are going to transfer to your required position. So if you're in the middle and you're a big guy, you obviously got to be a bigger, more powerful guy, more robust, and you got to run through brick walls. But if you're further out on the edges of the field, um, you're going to need more, I guess, max velocity, more footwork, um, and you've got to be able to repeat those, those high-intensity uh, efforts a little bit more. But you need more, I guess, uh, velocity-dominant um, exercises as well. So... At the start of the season, we are probably a lot more, um, everyone's doing very similar things. It's quite general in nature. There's still some specialized stuff in there. Um, which I'm always trying to transfer across to those three main things. Um, uh, linear speed, multidirectional speed and being strong in contact. But as we get closer um, throughout the preseason, we'll then have, I guess, more exercises or exercises that are going to create adaptations. They're going to transfer across, um, for those specific type positions. So it might, only, it, might only be, it might only be like 15% difference in the program, or 20%. But these guys will have certain exercises. So like our big guys might do a lot more weighted um, sled work, just so that they're learning to, to power through, um, through through contact. Um, and then our, like our outside backs, which is more of a speed position, might have like more some like more hurdle hop stuff, lateral ply work, um, if that makes sense.
0: No, 100%. So yeah. let's, let's break down that. That eight weeks then leading into uh, your 20 plus week season. So, how do you? Yes. Yeah, so... How does that separation start? And how do you identify what you're separating, how you're separating, and when you're separating?
1: Okay, so we typically have six weeks before Christmas. And that's, I guess, your general prep. Um, and then that's when we're kind of doing, we're just doing, uh, I guess, starting with a little less intensive lifting from 70% up to our 85 and which we're doing as long duration isometrics. Everyone's doing a similar program and which then becomes eccentric focused. And then after Christmas, we might do another week of eccentric focus, just low volume, just to, just to, so we don't break them. Then we are going to isometric focus for a few weeks and then we start going at our rate uh, force development exercises. Um, and then in, when it comes to trial games, Which is normally about February, we start to deload the guys and focus more on speed, speed strength, and then we'll use those positional type movements. But even though they're they're blocks, they're not really blocks. I try and make it so it's it's flowing. There's Mm -hmm. no distinct blocks, even though we say it's blocks. Does that make sense? So we always use I always use general principles, um, progressions like general to specific, you know, extensive to intensive, um. Well, is
0: a, there's a few us but <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I have the general principles that, that go through. And I'm trying to make it flow rather than being distinct blocks.
0: Now, with the squad, do these progressions between positions differ for first-year, second-year, third-year guys? Or is it because of the size, you're, you're kind of stuck bringing them in in groups and kind of yeah, blocking well, them that way?
1: Yeah, well, one of the main, major um, problems I have is obviously I'm – my guys are, are reserve grade. So a lot of them are still full-time workers. Okay. Mm. So just due to the nature of it, a lot of these guys are, are like manual laborers, hard working jobs. So, so they'll just, they'll come in staggered. So I don't, I don't, I don't get them all at once and break them off like that. They'll come through staggered. If that makes sense. Like mm. five might turn up at once. Then another five will come at half an hour later. So it makes it quite difficult coaching that way. But it's just the nature of the, of the game, unfortunately. Um, but in terms, like if I've got a a first year player, the program will, won't be that specialised. It'll become more general. Does that make sense? 100%. They won't be doing a lot of that stuff. They'll just be doing general lifts, and um, it might just be traditional general lifts. And we're just trying to bring up strength. You don't, as my friend Jeff Moy always says, you don't try and what he say? Don't kill a fly with a sledgehammer. I <laughs> think I heard you say you don't you don't uh, cure a flu with uh, chemo or something.
0: Yeah, you don't take, you don't so, give them yeah. chemo for a cold. But I that's stole it. that from Yosef. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah
1: so but. yeah. So we, we, you know, that's none of my programs are written in, um, in pen. It's all in pencil. Depending on where they are, it's going to be modified. But if they're if are a relatively af, uh, new athlete with a low training age, we won't be throwing all these 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 fancy things at them. It's going to be quite. The programs will be quite basic in general nature, and then. But on the flip side of that, Jay, like I don't, I don't know how long my guys are gonna be with me. Like, it's not like a college system when you know you're gonna have them for four years. Um, like, this, this season I've probably had a turnover of 30 new athletes at the start of the season. You know, and only, we only kept, Well, pre-season we probably had 40 to start with. And uh, I probably only had 10 guys from, from last year. It was a massive turnover you know
0: so Why guys are trying so high?
1: To... because guys are trying to get um a contract in the, in the top grade so they might move on to other clubs we might the co- our coaching staff might say you guys aren't you know we're trying to go in another direction They'll was analyze that and then so there's a huge, it's a huge turnover keep that year and then rebuild around that that's yeah, wild. so it makes it, it makes it really difficult pre-season. And that's different to like an NRL system. Like, uh, say, a top, they'll have like a, a lot more stable compared to what I do. But I guess you're just trying to put those. But that's the other thing, Jay, with those. With, what I find with is like when you have a high turnover players, a lot of the time there's the basic fundamentals of lifting are not always there. So those, those long-duration isometrics and, um, I guess, breaking down – the, um the listen to triphasic really helps with intermuscular coordination of just the, of the the general lifts like if you get guys holding that bottom position say of a split squat in the hardest position and then when you go into a, finally go into a split squat all of a sudden they're moving like effortless effort you know what i mean <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're moving uh nicely for full range of motion and uh, with good control
0: yeah no I love it we actually we have one more with my advanced guys of the two weeks we were doing that. So it's a it's a one by 20 with yeah. that in there. Mm. Uh, so it's like a squat and then they split squat both, lateral squat both. Uh, we're doing a seated calf raise with both and uh, like a push up and a hold with both. And then just some other general prep stuff. And yeah. uh, I don't think the kids like me very much, but I think they're going to like me later.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, I've even thought about it in my, my first like three, four week block even been making some of the assistant exercises one by twenty. Um, with my guys, I don't know if I'll get away with it, the, the primary lifts, but you can make you know a little circuit on the end with a few a few exercises one by twenty, just hitting those those spots where we're trying to prevent injuries. Um, but I, I haven't fully worked it out how I'm gonna do that yet. Yeah, but, but um,
0: the guys, my guys, love it because they rather get in and out of the weight room as fast as possible.
1: Yeah, my guys love, some guys love lifting, others hate it. I bet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I bet. So then, with all that massive turnover, and being constantly in that kind of um, beginner stage, more or less, more often than not, how yeah. do you then incorporate the movement stuff, which is going to help increase that transfer, and where have you seen some success with that cuz you you do put out a lot of cool stuff with that on Instagram so yep. what where have you been digging in in these holes and finding these things and what have you seen that's really helped you out the most with your with your athletes
1: um i just try to steal stuff from better coaches than me so um, i mean even though these guys are coming relatively new they're not I still have a, some of them still have a high training age. So, but I mean, are you asking what type of, what which coaches I look from to get these exercises or?
0: Yeah. And then like, what have you done and, and what progressions are you using right now that you've had some really good success with?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've stolen some specialized stuff from like, um, uses that, that, um, Jeff showed me some of those things for like the knee drive exercises. I really like, um, but then I, I've also just looked at you know, the principles dynamic correspondence and I've produced some of those exercises in my own head and, um, and then try and regress from there, if that makes sense. I look, And then with the specialised stuff, I guess that's more in our realisation block, some of those exercises for players' position. So if, if I think, say, uh, a high hurdle hop is going to be beneficial for max velocity for my, for my, my um, more athletic players, the outside backs, I'm not going to start with that. There's going to be a base of extensive plyometrics before that to start with. And then there might be uh force absorption for your plyometrics. So I'd be jumping over the hurdle and landing with good mechanics. And then the next stage might be jumping over the hurdles with like a double tap deeper knee angles, um, which is called plyometric strength. And then the, the last phase might be plyometric power where, we, where the ground's hot and in a minimum knee bend. And we're trying to get that, I guess, um, uh, more reactive element and get that transfer across to the sprinting so we're always we always have progressions towards that
0: i love it i love it so then yeah when you break down those other exercises and specialized ones like how are you identifying those and then like that's a great example so so break down some other things that you're doing when it comes to like let's say your outside guys where you're talking about they need more of a change of direction and movement that way like how are you looking at that as opposed to breaking down those special exercises you'll do, you know, for the big uglies in the middle who are banging with everybody all day.
1: Yeah, well, in terms of the heavy sled stuff, like, for me, that's not like hugely intensive. It doesn't have to be a great progression for that. Because it's such an ease, it's like, you just learn it in a, in a couple of seconds. So it all depends on the exercise, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, like, if you just load up a sled and start pushing it heavy, it's there's no learning time. It's not that stressful on the body. So you don't have to worry about things like that. But then we have an exercise where I don't know if you've seen guys, the big guys are palming away a boxing like stuck like doing a stiff arm, right? In American football. Mm-hmm. So I, I swing the boxing bag at them, and they're kind of they're grabbing their hand and and, and pushing off. So we might start at upper body reactive stuff. It might start with like a plyometric um, push up and, and ca- um, absorb at the start. Then it becomes more reactive. we might get into more um, medicine ball type things, and then it will become more specific with the boxing bag type stuff. So similar principles, general, general specific. Um, and then the same thing with, like, if you're trying to do a cutting movement, um, we might just go like a high, like, lateral jump and and absorb, and then it would be a lateral jump back and forth, and then you go from a box higher. You know, you're just increasing intensity and specificity of the movement.
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah so then where does your fitness work fit in with all this my fitness work
1: yeah well my uh my conditioning is probably you know a lot of people doing a lot of um, mass type running over here it's really big max aerobic speed stuff um and then they t- what i find is other coaches are starting with you know the, the vo2 grids and they're getting to 120 percent um into the 130 um 30 percent mass type stuff I, i've i've stripped mine right back uh the last two pre-seasons, I started off just with extensive tempo, linear. One day, uh, extensive tempo, multi, uh, like multi-directional tempo. We're doing shuffles, curves, um, cell. And then another day, I just began with threshold training. So, you know, they say 90% of mass is roughly anaerobic threshold. So we'll do starting off at 80% and doing threshold runs. And just working that for that first six-week block. And I found the results to be a lot a lot better than just doing normal mass running. Um, also, it's a lot more, less intense, and especially for guys that have been working all day, some of the, sometimes I think you're better finding those less intent, intense methods to boost, uh, I guess, your, your fitness so that you can use the more high-intense stuff later on. Because so if you start high, where do you go from there? Um, so we, that's, that's how I started this year and last year. And then after Christmas, we started – I guess, doing more intense things, more lactic uh, capacity and power uh, movements, but rather than doing it just like mass running, we looked at things that fatigue you on the field and um, worst-case scenarios, and typically is getting up off the ground, running into contact, then doing a short sprint. So we started doing those type of drills, um, which are a lot more specific, I think. But I think that the, the best thing you can do is have that conversation with your, your your head coach, the coaches, and try and, I guess, look at um, how they can change their drills that are going to be more beneficial and transfer to the field so that you're not doing all this extra fitness when you can just do something a lot more specific. So can we somehow put a constraint on, on the, the drills so that our athletes are getting, I guess, conditioned that way?
0: How much of a say do you have in that setup with practice? Uh,
1: not a huge amount, but a little bit. Yeah. I, I I always ask it starts, What are we doing today? And then I might, you know, throw in my a couple of my ideas, and they will say piss off, or sometimes I take it on board.
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: But but no, no, you know, if, I think you got to have that relationship with your coach. And I've been there five years now, so he takes on quite a bit on board what I have to say. I'm sure you have the same relationship. I love
0: that. No, I love yeah. that because I think that like. But Jay, I'm also, I'm,
1: I'm also uh, I'm aware that I'm, a, I'm not a coach. So yeah. you also, you got to, you know, the, the ideas I always have aren't always going to be perfect. But, you know, you can throw the idea out there to see what I think.
0: No doubt. But what I yeah. do love about that is how you're talking about you pulled away because they, they were having a hard time maybe adapting to the stress. And now you're seeing things improve later on. And that's yeah, that's awesome.
1: I guarantee you that my um, a lot of my players say this is you know this is quite easy but I feel amazing. Um, and then you know at the end of the day, if you're testing, like we're, we're we're testing and my guys are going up in fitness, you don't you don't win medals for training harder. Um, as long as the results are going up and you you know doing it that way, I find I had a lot less in, uh, soft tissue injuries as well. Hmm. And with all with all the tempo stuff, mate, the most multi- um, and hopefully that's going to carry over to when guys are under fatigue, um, so they're running with more efficiency. And if you're running with more efficiency, you're also you're going to boost fitness you? as well as speed. Hopefully.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. So then I guess. And you. No, are limiting injuries. And no. you're
1: limiting your injuries. Yeah.
0: I love that. Which was going to be my next question is, with with taking that back, have you seen these last two years? I mean, I know you're still going, so knock wood. Yeah. Um, that the guys have been healthier?
1: Yeah, in terms of soft tissue injuries, for sure. Um, but you, in a contact sport, you can never right. you can never prevent injuries. Especially, yeah. But, I mean, a, a, as a strength and conditioning coach, we're always looking at those soft tissue injuries, aren't we? And um, they're the ones we're really trying to um, prevent. But sometimes, you know, we do have a say in contact injuries as well because if you guys, like, I love how you're wearing that shirt, but um, at the end of the day, you've got to do something. You have to, have to be able to, um, absorb load and produce f- force. Otherwise, you know, if you if you have it's collision-based sport, um, if you're not physically prepared for that, you're going to have contact injuries. So, you know, we have a, we have a saying that as well.
0: <laughs> to an extent, I, I think yeah. like some things you can't prevent,
1: but right. yeah, yeah, right. St- guys still have to be able to you know absorb and produce force.
0: No doubt about it. Now you were talking about. Some stuff that you learned from Jeff and from Doc. You talked about some stuff that you learned from Keir. And I'd be remiss, since I'm wearing the shirt, to talk about some of the interesting stuff that this guy's put out that you've used. Um, let's talk a bit about that. Because I think that that's one that unless you're like... I mean, in America, unless you're like really in like the Chris Corfist and Tony Holler school of thought, I don't know if people really understand a lot of what he talks about. He yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about some things that you've run into there with some success. I mean,
1: in, in terms of the Bosch theories and that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I really like the theories, but um, I've, I've, I've played around with some different things, but like in a day, if you don't understand what you're doing, you've got to be very careful. Um, and the other thing I think you have to, uh, are we me- Are you measuring? Um, what you're trying, are you getting improvements in what you, you know, what you're trying to achieve? And I'm not seeing a whole heap of people show me those results yet. But I think a lot of the um, the theories are really, really interesting. Um, I guess I think there's a, definitely a place for coordination. And um, but never go full bosh. No. <laughs> yeah, I think if, okay, if if. If you're using those theories and you're forgetting about every other thing that has evidence and you're going to see seesaw to the other way, I don't think that's right. But if you're using some of, some of these theories and sprinkling that in and, and um, into other proven methods, I think that's the, probably the way to go. Um, and I think, a lot, yeah, things like, uh, I guess, I've been using a lot of these more of the isometric hamstring protocols, but I still use the work. So I use a combination now. But uh, definitely like the Bosch with the isometric hamstring stuff, I've, I've taken on board. Um, some of the exercises like, which is already in the triphasic stuff anyway, but, you know, starting from um, from a dead stop. Um, and what's that? It's trying to reduce muscle slack. Uh, and then, you know, making your drills on the field before training, things like rather than just doing basic A skips, making those coordination um those drills a little bit t- tougher so that athletes do fail. And um, you're trying to challenge the athlete um, rather than just do a basic warm up over time. Just start challenging them, um, so challenge the system. But yeah, I'm still playing around with all that, but I don't lose sight of all the other things that have worked for me in the past. And I think you got to put it all together.
0: No, rather I, than
1: if, I couldn't if really you're more. just going, yeah. I don't think you want to go one, one always be on the, one side.
0: no because you can never go full (laughs) wash but so like with the coordination stuff and this is the kind of thing these are the things that like fascinate me because you know obviously with jeff and i being tight you know the the bernstein stuff and and all that you know when it comes to the motor learning so talk about some of the stuff you've done for coordination because i think that like no matter what sport it is i think that that's really really an important thing
1: yeah well the main thing I do, for, I steal all Chris Corfis's drills. I'm going to tell you straight up now. That's why when I met Chris at the seminars, I steal all of his, Chris's drills. And a lot, he's quite, you know, he's quite highly, uh, um, he's a big fan of Friends Bosch, so I, I steal a lot of his drills. So I indirectly steal some of that stuff. And I, like, I really like some of the stuff John Pryor does as well. That's pretty cool. Um, but in terms of uh, the coordination stuff, I think we have to be, Putting guys, like if you start looking at putting guys into drills as well, where that's quite specific to the sport and putting them in um, places where I guess they have to think and perceive what's going on and put environmental constraints like that, that's going to have um, um, some pretty good transfer as well.
0: Yeah. And Does that make sense? talked about some of that stuff too when it came to his jump progression. In the yes. Rehab.
1: Yes, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I love man, it. Man, I'm
1: still, I'm still learning. I don't know at all, but I don't think any of us do. No. But, yeah, I mean, I'm still trying to get my head around some of the stuff, but, yeah.
0: I love it, dude. I love it. <laughs> Grammy, where can people find more of this stuff? Because you put out a lot. I mean, you, you basically put things out constantly that you're doing with the boys down there, and it really yeah, well, sparked my interest.
1: Yeah, cool. It's, um, well, I'm trying to get to the top, man, so I, I, need, I need people to um, – to look at my videos <laughs> <laughs> otherwise uh, just just the nature of where i'm at i'm in the middle of i'm isolated so not i'm not underneath a, we're underneath another club but they're they're a 30 minute drive away so i've got to put stuff out there so people can actually understand that i'm i exist yeah but um on uh what is it on facebook i'm graham morris strength and conditioning coach on instagram i'm graham underscore morris and then I think my Twitter is different as well. I don't use Twitter that much. I don't have time. But I think everyone's on Strength Coach now. Is it, the Strength Coach is all on Twitter. But I'm not a huge Twitter guy. But I think it's G Morris, 83, or something.
0: Yeah, but the yeah. the Graham underscore Morris on Instagram. Yeah, that's
1: my Instagram. That's the main one I, I kind of post up on.
0: Yeah, you yeah. put a ton of really awesome stuff. That's where all the young
1: that's what all the young kids are now on Instagram. So
0: yeah, I try, try, try and
1: act like I'm young. <laughs> yeah i don't have snap snapchat gets you in
0: trouble man i'll stay away from that <laughs>
1: fantastic yeah.
0: oh grammy i can't thank you enough for taking the time with us tonight man I, I really appreciate you being appreciate you being on this is killer bro oh thanks man yeah man. hopefully
1: um i'll definitely hopefully be back next year oh. i had the best time that
0: seminar was unreal fantastic. and i've been
1: i've been drinking ipas ever since man
0: <laughs> me too brother <laughs> cheers to you But yeah, man, no, appreciate you being on, Grammy. This will be up real soon, dude. I I can't thank you enough for the time. This is awesome.
1: Thanks, Jay.
0: Yeah, man. We'll be in touch real soon, brother.
1: Okay, bro.
0: And a huge thanks to Newtown Jets strength and conditioning coach Graham Morris for spending the time with us today. Guys, I don't know what else you could ask for. Open, honest, candid sharing. Grammy breaking it all down for us, letting us know what he's doing, why he's doing it, where these things are coming from, and even some questions he has about some Things right now that are becoming pretty popular in the world of training. It's. Uh, I can't thank Graham enough for just being so open, honest, and candid with his sharing with us today. Absolutely fantastic stuff. And guys, as always, if you did enjoy the talk, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. We are just trying to get the best information out there to all the great coaches that we can. And as always, guys, thank you for everything that you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.